You're listening. No. You're listening to the Buns.com Podcast Network. (laughs) (laughs) Buns, Buns, Buns. I want to give you something real, but I don't know where to start. Darling, let's make a deal. I want to give you my heart. I would trade anything for love. Hey, guys. How's it going? How's your week going? Welcome to ISO, the Buns Podcast. The interview this week is with Jessica Morehouse. She is a millennial personal finance expert, blogger, and podcaster. So um, if you are one of those millennials who is eating one too many avocado toasts, this interview may be for you. But before we get to that, how are things going? Did you enjoy the Bunzaween event? Did you go? What did you dress up as? And most importantly, have you checked out Fair Trade, the Buns web series? Because I have, and I loved it. Check it out, guys. Anyway, without further ado, here is This Week in Buns. This Week in Buns. Popcorn are the only Buns. snack she wants. The, the only, only snack she wants. Oh, oh, I hope someone gets that reference. <gasps> um, we got a wifey that done fucked up and a wifey that done good. <laughs> and there's nasty and then there's Invisalign nasty. Oh. Ooh, girl. Gross. This is ISO, the Buns podcast. I'm Oren. And I'm Laura. And uh, at the end of this episode, um, we have a little recap on the fifth Buns flea market uh that happened this past halloween night uh i keep on calling it a swap meet for some reason so (laughs) just ignore that but keep uh keep listening for the end of the episode to hear that recap we'll start today's episode off with popcorn 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 so rebecca posts iso that knows someone that works at a movie theater so they can grab me one of these big old garbage bags full of popcorn <laughs> and this went cray on uh on the buns uh, trading zone got 250 plus likes of just massive bags of popcorn this girl wants some and the comment section of this post is what really takes the cake we have people being like me too me too guys give me the garbage popcorn i want the garbage popcorn (laughs) like take me in here too people are shocked that they even throw it out and especially from last week us being on the sustainable joe's uh 2048 podcast 2084 fuck it's okay it's okay keep on doing that just think of orwell's 1984. 1984. I did that in front of him, too. Uh, it's okay. I he know. got over it. Sorry, Stephen. <laughs> um, about, n- like, so much food waste. Someone actually says here, no wonder they charge so much. They throw it all out at the end of the night. Someone else accused them of pouring rat poisoning on it so that people couldn't eat it at the end of the night. Well, I think it's all rodents couldn't eat it. Rodents. Yeah. But rats are the most notorious. But, you know, yeah. you could get a possum crawling in there. <laughs> I mean, as if rats are picky with their food. Get out of here. Yeah. Look, look at your half-eaten hamburger. Yeah. Uh, first of all. Yes. Popcorn. One of the most overcharged for things on the planet. Yeah. it's so cheap it to is. get corn in, in, any, in, any, in any form. Mm-hmm. Everyone knows. Movie, theater. Papa Khan. 
is the greatest. The greatest. The greatest. I don't know what makes it so goddamn tasty, but yeah, I love it. Yeah, I can tell you right now. What is it? It's salt oh. and it's butter Ooh. and way more of each than you could ever thought you could put Ooh. into your body. My, uh, my, my, <laughs> my heart is shuttering listening to that. <laughs> Calm down. Uh, what's her name? Paula Deen. Paula Deen. Oh. Remember her? Butter. Oh. She disappeared after Real those quick. racial mm. comments. Mm. Well, that was her own fault. Paula Dean, you deserved it. I mean, what are we going to say? Never mind. Ah! Okay. The wifey. Uh, speaking of people who have messed up. <laughs> yeah. The wifey that done fucked it up. This honey spent a full $18 uh, accidentally buying candied mango instead of dried mango. And uh, she wants to trade this with you guys. So she'll take some properly dried mango instead of the candied one that she now has or Charmin toilet paper, but not Cottonelle. Don't even think about giving this girl Cottonelle. It's Charmin only. You didn't specify that we weren't the ones that said that statement. She actually put that in her Yeah, that I- was her, her ISO. Post. Yeah. She says Charmin specific. No, no, no I, I meant the done fucked up part. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No. Her specificness about the toilet paper is not what you were talking about. No, she says wifey done fucked up. That's how she intros this. And you know what? I mean, you mentioned something earlier about like who thought it was a good idea to make mango even sweeter yeah who who saw mango and like you know what this sweet fruit already needs more than it has already <laughs> sugar sugar i could have said that more succinctly but yeah, yeah you got the point got it. yeah you got the point what about the wifey that done good Oren? oh so let's talk about yates because she says um my thought my my husband travels a lot for work uh, we're cleaning out some junk drawers, and they found a broken PSP. If you remember, it's a PlayStation Portable or whatever it was called. Yeah. Um, and he was and he was reminiscing, oh man, it'd be so great, whatever. And so she just is basically looking for anyone who has a working one. She left a surprise and for Christmas, that sort of thing. So it's just a really nice post. And then someone delivered. Oh, like minutes later. Buns, 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 buns. Mint condition. Oh no way. And like maybe use like twice. Still has the box. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Buns for the win. Buns for the win. This is sort of a a sad tale that turned into a happy tale. A tale of all kinds. (laughs) So we have ISO tokens. She this one girl lost her Metro Pass. And she has zero income right now and can't afford to buy another one. They're like 150 bucks. Ridiculous. So she's ISOing for tokens um, so that she can get to and from her school. She can offer art or anything on our Bun's profile that she has on the app. And just like Bun does, literally this thing after like two hours of being posted, she goes, oh my God, to those who sent me money for tokens, thank you so much. So she got some cash money from the Buns community to help her get to school. Amazing. Ah, uh, freaking amazing. I thought that was a really sweet little tale. Now, we got an Orby bath. Yeah. Orbies. 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 Uh, if you don't know what Orbies are, you're like me before this Yeah, thing. and me before this thing, too. Uh, Orbies are basically Weird. liquid-filled balls Yeah. that can help you... That may have some sort of property in them to make bathing in them feel really nice. Yeah. So Daniela has 120,000 Orbeez in her bathtub. Okay. Um, And this was one of the greatest posts. It got 1,100 likes. 1.1K. Crazy. 
And this is her way to persuade you. Maybe you want them. Maybe you want to take the most epic bath of your life. Maybe you want the flyest looking plants ever and want to use them as a a soil substitute. It's a thing. Maybe put them in clear vases for display. Maybe Orby plays is your secret (laughs) fetish and you want to get weird with over 100,000 balls. I don't kink shame and I don't ask questions. ISO anything... Anything, but maybe a funny story about what you end up doing with these. Here's some pictures for your attention. BYOB, bring your own bucket. bucket. That is the greatest thing I ever heard in my life. That's pretty good. Pretty goddamn good. Um, um, would you take a bath in Orbeez? I'm really curious about what that actually means, though. Like... I've never actually, I can imagine what they feel like, but putting my whole body into a, like a thing of them, I don't, I don't think I would be down to be honest. Listen, I think, I think I'm down for normal. You'd be bad. down for normal. Yeah, bad? I mean, I'm not going to go through the lengths that she went to do so, um, <laughs> but it sounds like something luxurious. Sounds but like a, the, the newest spa treatment down yeah. in Parkdale. Orbeez. <laughs> Orbe bath. Um, I am done right sick of here in all of these McDonald's Monopoly posts. I wonder when it will end. Everybody's trying to get in on these pieces and Buns is blowing up about it. Yeah, but, I mean, but I think I was, I was explaining earlier, um, sort of off the podcast, that the reason why people are so into all this is because the scarcity of resources for certain pieces. Yeah. So let's say there's Park Place and Boardwalk, the two most important pieces, mm. right? And need to get, say, both of them to win the grand prize. For example, let's say it's a million dollars. Okay. Well, a million. Yeah. They're going to make a ton yeah. of pieces that are just for Boardwalk mm-hmm. and then only make one piece for Park Place. So basically, if you find Park Place, then you're essentially going to win a million dollars kind of thing. Okay. So... A lot of people are posting like pretty basic ones, ones that you can kind of find anywhere. Okay. It's those gems, those ones that are very scarce that you need to try and find. Okay, so if I've never played Monopoly before, can I still understand how this works, though? <laughs> Wait, you've never played Monopoly before? No, no, no. I am only into this McDonald's thing for the free, like, fry thing that <laughs> are in it. I don't really understand. Listen, there are people right now who are like, you've never played Monopoly? Yeah, I don't know. I We never had that board game when I was younger. Oh my gosh. So Monopoly could be one of the most it tries your patience. With, okay. So you don't know what Monopoly mat is then? No. Hey? Yo. Uh-oh. There are various forms of Monopoly mat. They usually come from forms of cheating. Okay. You can cheat in Monopoly. Yeah, cuz people can steal from the bank. <gasps> yeah, which wow. is, which is real. And that's actually where most of the stealing comes most of the money problems come from. There's also problems when um people won't sell you things. There's problems when um, some more general problems when people when people lose when people go bankrupt in the game it's terrifying. Oh really? Oh my god! <laughs> so Monopoly mad is when you get mad at Monopoly. Yeah, but it's another extent. Like people don't get regular mad at Monopoly. People oh. get like crazy mad because the game you invest so much time into. Oh. So when someone steals or lies, you get so aggressively angry. Oh jeez. Yeah, I don't know if it's on Urban Dictionary, but it's it's a real thing. It's a real it's, thing. It's so real. Monopoly mad, <laughs> something I never want to experience. I don't really get mad that often. Uh well, that's a lie. I just keep it inside. <laughs> no, I'm very vocal about my emotions. Laura. Yes. <laughs> Let's talk about frizzies. Frizzies, or should we say flavor ice? <laughs> because that's this crazy brand of frizzies I've never heard of. 
Bunners, do you like Freezy? Sorry, I mean, do you love Freezies? Well, today's your lucky day. I've got 800, yes, 800, says Danny Young, of these freaking Freezies. Like, what? Freezy. I mean, that's a lot of Freezies. That's what I'm saying, 800. Yeah. I would love to know how this man's got a hold of that many and where this brand came from. Yo, <laughs> Flavor Ice. Here's a pro tip. If you ever want to do like a charity giveaway, there are certain companies which will give you a lot of freezes for a discounted price. Oh. So you can sell them for charity. What if I make up a charity because I just want freezes? <laughs> That's probably not good. Then you, sh then you should you should probably do some uh, reflecting. <laughs> some yeah. reflecting. Yeah, do some yoga. Talk to a therapist. Figure oh that out. Oh, my yeah. God. Um, he just wants 20 bucks for this thing, too. Like this weird bottle of something, Cavahill, and two Strongbow ciders. So he's not looking for much here. Want to hear a hot take right now? Okay. Here's a hot take. I'm nervous. Of the frozen treats okay. that exist, freezies are the worst. <gasps> you really going to make that blanket yeah. statement about well, freezies? Okay, well, let, let's let's talk about all the frozen treats then. Okay. Right? We have popsicles. Those are, those are that's that's freezy adjacent. Yeah. Right? right? <laughs> but 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 those definitely have way more flavors and they come in chocolate form like the fudge ones, oh. the, the astro colored ones, Ooh. the lifesaver versions. Oh. Stop. You know what I mean? Oh, <laughs> so there's all those. Yeah. Then there's a sandwich variety of things. Like, obviously, the ice cream sandwich. Mm -hmm. Then Oreo has their version. Oh, yes, right? they do. Drumsticks. Hey, we're getting the drumstick right now. The waffle cone? Yeah. The waffle cone with the drumsticks? Man? And then there's a the chocolate and the inside of the sometimes yeah. in the waffle cone. So I, I, I just mean when it and then And then ice cream. The general version of ice cream yeah. in all of its forms is way better. Like, there's, like, freezies are, freezies are trash. Yeah. Well, oh God, they're all so good. I couldn't choose. I mean, some days on a hot, hot day, you just want a freezy. I've yeah. actually bought freezies. And actually, they have only 100 calories for the big one. So they're uh, pretty... Uh, you, you're, trying to, you're trying to sum with the health benefits of, yeah. of frozen treats. <laughs> when has that ever gone over well? Hey. You know, anyone who's eaten, anyone's eaten a tub of Rolo ice cream with a spoon and no bowl is, is, not, thinking, is not thinking about <laughs> calories. Calorie. Uh, I think about a heartbreak, all right? Uh, I'm trying to sell freezies here, <laughs> but I guess it's not working. <laughs> oh, jeez. Um, we talked about nasty earlier. Now we're going to get real nasty. Okay. Someone. Oh, God, I can't even look at the picture. I see it from across the, <laughs> I see it from across the table. I can't even look at it. John Lane says, weird buns. I have my past. Hold on, weird buns. Weird buns. Oh, he already knows. Yeah, yeah. kind of crowd. This is attracting. <laughs> I have my past Invisalign trays, oh. in which someone may find as a treasure. Oh my god! <laughs> and there's a picture of a bunch of his used trays. Oh um, god! <laughs> yeah, the picture. The picture is disgusting. It's like on a table, and the flash only hits like it's like really bright at a certain point. It just is reflecting all like the gross like teeth imprints like oh man also the person is like really like small a uh, really small mouth yeah well yeah, yeah i mean now oh now you're interested hey <laughs> no, oh no. you grossed out before and now you're into mouth. it wait wait maybe a small mouth i can actually maybe oh, <laughs> but yo it. people responded oh yeah i was like i can use this for my weird collection another person was like um i can use this as an art project oh, well. which i guess is something is so disgusting and outlandish the only thing you'd really use it for is an art project yeah i guess so oh my god yeah people wilding that photo just spooks me can't <laughs> go to the next one uh i went from that note um we we talk about 
vending machines mm-hmm. because we this is pre, this is something that's previously come up yeah it, i think the gladstone was giving one yeah. away because of nuit blanche right so they had an extra one this person just giving it away um but i have a i have a thought okay on this because previously we just decided we wouldn't know what we'd do with it yeah um Oh, but now that it's resurfaced, you have some ideas. I have an idea. Okay, lay it. So something you know about me already. I love sweets. Yeah. I love candy. Candy man. Oh, lo- thank you. Ooh, <laughs> Wait, was girl. that bad? No, I love that. Okay, mm. good. So candy man. Um, I-, I think I would get it. I think I would get one of these and um, and load it with actual candy. Okay. I get it from Costco. I'm not rich, but I am. <laughs> but I do want to buy things in bulk. Yes. Well, especially <laughs> um, for those. Yeah. And then I charge myself. To use it. Oh, okay. And, and that way I would save money because I love candy that much. Yeah. And I give the keys to someone who I trusted but also could easily rely upon. Yes. Um, and I think I think I would use it as a, a cost-saving, calorie-cutting measure. Yeah. I yeah. feel like on one hand, you're like, oh, do I really need that? I have to put in like $3. But then if you put in $3, you're going to get that $3 back uh, in a while. Eventually. Eventually. Yeah. It's like a giant piggy bank. Yeah. But it's also sweet AF. But a sweet AF? Psh, yeah, that's, that's what I'm rolling right now. <laughs> that's a great, a great, some great insight from Warren. Um, this seems like a really lovely post to maybe finish this podcast on because um, Sarah said, hey, everyone, uh, not sure if this is allowed. Yo, Sarah, it is. <laughs> Sarah, it is. Um, my husband is a teacher at a low income school and I would like to take his, I would like to take his kids uh, skating. However, most of the students don't own skates or helmets. I'm looking for skates and hockey skates and helmets and sorts, all kind of stuff. Kids 9 to 11, please donate if you can. Aww. Yo, this caught fire. Yeah. 55 likes. Yes. 22 comments. Whoa. People are donating from all over the place. Um, hoping also if they can just do like a rental. Some people are like, hey, I have skates, but I want uh, I, you know, of course, because I know some nice skates. <laughs> yeah. And this hits home for me because, I mean, I didn't grow up with a whole lot. Mm-hmm. Um and I distinctly remember my class going skating all the time in school. It mm-hmm. didn't cost very much. But because I didn't have skates, nor could we afford rentals, mm-hmm. we just sit and watching everybody skate. So, uh, right. man, if I had skates, 1,000 missing, I'm donating. Yeah. yeah. I, I mean, I am size 13. I'm not sure how many 11 year olds are size yeah. 13. But you know what? Maybe there's that one kid who grew up too quickly. Yeah. Kid. Has those giant feet. So, oh, man. Hope and help out. I would go skating in grade seven and eight. It was like a thing on like Friday night skate. And like you would go and like your crush would be there. Ooh. And then you would like skate together. <laughs> Jonathan Dedrick and I, whoop, whoop, whoop. We had a brief romance in the eighth grade that then was rekindled in the ninth grade. Oh, Oof. What times? What a time to be alive. <laughs> am I right? All right. Well, stick around because I've got the flea market not swap meat but flea market recap of the spooky uh flea market that happened at the gladstone hotel on halloween lovely so enjoy that folks i'm laura i'm or and goodbye <laughs> too much shit in your apartment get rid of it today on the buns app available in the app store google play store or online at buns.com Okay, so like I said at the top of the show, the interview this week is with Jessica Morehouse. She is a blogger, podcaster, and millennial personal finance expert. You all know Eli. If you're on Buns at all, you know Eli. He's uh, sitting in, asking some questions of his own. Uh, So yeah, have a listen. Uh, Maybe you'll learn a thing or two about finance. Let me know. 
across your work um, through um, a blog post about financial literacy, mm. about millennials okay. and the general constant financial crisis we find ourselves in. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I maybe wanted to start on this conversation of uh, crisis <laughs> and this idea that um, we are sort of, in a sense, helpless yeah. um, because of the conditions that have sort of brought us to this point in the world. Um and so with all of this sort of said, what mistakes are millennials making in their hmm. finances? Yeah, you kind of brought up an interesting point. So, and I felt like this for a while, especially my early 20s, because when I graduated university, it was 2009 and there was the financial crisis and everything that I learned about how to do, you know, money, how to adult got, you know, thrown out the window. And so I had to kind of relearn for this new economy as did all other millennials and so I think the biggest mistakes that lots of millennials are doing is trying to replicate what their parents did because that's what they think is right they think those are the kind of the rules uh you know for instance you know you need to own a car you need to own a home you need to you know stay at the same job for 10 years otherwise it'll look bad on your resume all these kind of things that really actually might you know hurt you instead of help you so I think it really is about like you know taking that putting it in a box then putting it in a closet and then never touching it and really just like adapting to kind of the new situation Uh, I think that's kind of the biggest thing that's kind of big picture though I thought the biggest mistake millennials were making was eating too much avocado toast you know what? I didn't even know avocado toast was a thing until that article came out. And Thank then, you. We right? Were just I, I was just this. saying I'm that. like, who eats avocados on toast? Like, is that a thing? At I put butter on my toast. At least once a week. Butter. I thought it was an Australian thing because of the Australian article. But then I started seeing it pop up in all these new restaurants in Toronto. I'm like, is this? They're just capitalizing on Post this article. article. And now yeah. millennials are eating it because they're like, it's delicious. Yeah, and there's an avocado crisis now. Like, global, <laughs> is, is there, there literally actually? is a global avocado crisis. Oh my gosh. And these places that were like used to do seasonal things are now being totally decimated. Oh gosh. To demand. You just can't win. Yeah. So, on the subject of avocados, <laughs> on the subject of mistakes, yeah. Um, should we be giving up this idea of home ownership? Is this like, or is this a Toronto problem? Uh, no, I don't think it's a a Toronto problem. I just came back from Vancouver where I'm originally from. Yeah. So I'd say Vancouver is probably worse off just because, uh, housing's, I'd say even more expensive because it's not just in Vancouver proper. It's in the suburbs. Like my parents, you know, where I grew up was in Coquitlam about 30 minutes outside of the city. And, uh, like standalone houses in Coquitlam are a million dollars. That would be like basically you know, Scarborough million dollar homes. Mm -hmm. So it just doesn't make any sense. And also there's just no jobs there. Like they're, you know, oh yeah, there's some, there's a tech scene there, but it's nothing compared to Toronto, which is, I mean, that's the big reason why I moved to Toronto uh, four years ago. There's more opportunity here. There's more Mm -hmm. money here. You get paid more for the same job here in Vancouver. You'll get paid way less in Vancouver and it's, and the cost of living is still so high. And so let's talk about that. So employment is another, is an interesting scenario uh, where millennials often feel, I mean, it's, it's hard to say like, like priced out of a job market, but that they're forced mm-hmm. to 
um, take lower wages in order to live in a city, which then they can't afford to live in a city because they took lower wages. Or work two jobs. <coughs> <coughs> I'm talking about me. Yeah, yeah, yeah like, we I got like, that. I, I also work two jobs. And, and, and you like, forcing me to record this. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> For free. Yeah. For free. <laughs> Uh, well, I mean, pff, I've always had two jobs. I mean, I, I now I guess have one, but I work like 14 hour days, but it is what it is. I mean, I'm way happier being self-employed now, but I mean, yeah, I uh, always had to have a side hustle or a second job. I mean, when I, you know, graduated university, I mean, first I was unemployed for eight months, eight months, but sucked, uh, you know, spending all this money on a degree what and was then your degree in? Uh, film production. Cause I wanted to be a filmmaker. It was, yeah, not recession proof. So that that's I kind of made a decision to switch gears and work in uh, sales and marketing for a newspaper. Also, a really good choice because newspapers are doing really great right now. <laughs> um, but it was still, you know, a, a good experience. But yeah, when I, I had, I made like no money at that job, and so you know, when I was unemployed looking for something, I had kind of a side gig being a teleprompter for the news. So I scrolled script for the news anchors at night and I kept that job for three and a half years on top of my full-time job. And then I also started a blog that started to kind of generate revenue. So I kind of had three jobs Amazing. and yeah, everyone's like, Oh, that's so crazy. I'm like literally I needed to, to live in the city. Like it yeah. wasn't a choice I had to, otherwise I'd just be, I wouldn't have any kind of disposable income to go on trips, to do anything extra to, so, do you, you know. suggest that to people then? Absolutely. I tell that to everybody. I'm like, if you have any kind of skill and you want to earn more money and you don't feel like you can leave your job or, you know, you're in a situation where you just, you know, there's just not enough. Yeah. Get a side hustle. And it doesn't mean necessarily getting a job like on the weekends or at night, like kind of a typical like, oh, become a cashier or a server or something like that. You can. But you could also create a side hustle that is more like you're creating a product or a service that you sell and make some extra money. I mean, I'm glad I did that because now I make that as my full-time living. Right. So, and I didn't realize that entrepreneurship was even an option because no mm -hmm. one talked about it then. And it's become a lot more, I mean, possible because of the internet now. So. So if we can go into that relationship then a little bit between entrepreneurship and the internet, um, I was reading, I was kind of, I went down a bit of a, Jessica rabbit hole this Ooh, afternoon. Oh God. It's like reading blogs and then I'd link to a blog and then I'd find somebody that was looking at people that you interviewed in the past. Yeah. And I was like, and I found somebody talking about their monthly income report. There was like a million. She made like a hundred thousand. Oh yeah. That was my most recent one with yeah, Michelle. Yeah. Right. Well, she's, I mean, not a typical blogger making a hundred K per month. Right. Um, she's definitely one of like the, you know, kind of, uh, you know, we look up to her cause I'm the like, 1%. wow, I can't, but yeah, the 1%, like there's, you know, she's not a typical kind of, Oh, I quit my job to work more myself. N most of us don't make a million dollars a year. Okay. Hold on. Before you go any further, you said it's your most recent one, but your most recent what? Podcast. Podcast. And let's plug it. Where do people listen to it? What's yeah. it called? Oh yeah. I should be doing that myself. Shouldn't I? Thank you yeah. for prompting me. Uh, it's called the Mo Money Podcast. Okay. It is, uh, on iTunes, YouTube, everywhere you can find podcasts. Okay. So it's a good place to uh, learn more about personal finance. But I also do talk to a lot of, uh, you know, people that are into side hustles and entrepreneurship because right. I think it's important to not just learn about saving and investing and budgeting and all that stuff, but also earning more. Because I think that's the missing element. When sure. you, there's not enough money, you know, nowhere else to cut back. You need to earn more money. So there's ways to do it. But legally. let's get to the straight dope. You were saying someone's making millions of dollars doing blogs and stuff. Yeah, man. That's what I want to hear about. Yeah. How I do I do that? 
well, if I had the answer, I'd be making as much as her. Um, what I learned from her is she started out, um, basically, I think she just focused really on just building her audience. And she writes really, you know, um, good long form blog posts on her website. Uh, and she's just, I think, really engaging with her fans and her audience and all that kind of stuff. And, uh, and then, you know, she started kind of making money through sponsorships with brands. Um, and then she kind of learned, Hey, I can actually make easier, more passive income by, uh, affiliate. So she had a big audience already, a big email list and all that stuff. And so if you put, you know, affiliate links where if someone clicks on it, they purchase whatever that product is, you get a cut of it. She makes like, I think from her Bluehost affiliate, like 30 K a month. Yeah. It's crazy. So Whoa. yeah. Yeah. So that's definitely, I want, you know, I want yeah, to kind of look more into that because that sounds pretty mm-hmm. cool, but it's not easy. I mean, you have to, she has like hundreds of thousands of visitors to her website. Yeah. So it's kind of easier to make that kind of money. When so when this that. podcast goes live, everyone go to the podcast.buns.com and click on the Bluehost banner. Yeah. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Get deals on drones. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, so this is a good example of somebody who's doing it right. Yeah, she's so definitely doing to, it right. To bounce back to our first question about what are millennials doing wrong or what mistakes are they making, mm-hmm. what, what are, choices are they making that are smart choices? Let me try that again. What uh, Do you want to talk about mistakes or not mistakes? The opposite of mistakes. Opposite, the <laughs> opposite they, of mistakes? What's the opposite What are they of doing well? What are they doing well? What are millennials doing right okay, in well, terms of financial from security? From a lot of the millennials that I know, and I also, what's really a kind of stream of my podcast is I also interview some of the listeners of my podcast because I get a lot of emails. They share their stories and like, let's talk about this to share, you know, regular people's stories to other people listening. Mm -hmm. Um, And so those are really cool stories of learning what are, you know, regular folks doing to like get out of debt, make more money and live a better life. A lot of it is like they have a side hustle or whatever. And sometimes they do at a certain point when they reach that financial goal, like paying off their debt or, you know, funding their wedding or whatever. They stop it and then just kind of, you know, uh, work nine to five or whatever. Um, and a lot of them are just like instead. I think one mistake, too, that a lot of, you know, millennials deal with is like, I mean, everyone has student loans like and crazy like 25k 50k in student loans and they feel like oh this is never going to get paid off so i'm just going to ignore it and that's just you cannot ignore it you owe this money you have to pay it back the longer you take the more money you're going to pay because of interest um so that's something that i think uh, a lot of millennials aren't really you know thinking straight like they just don't pay attention to you so what i think a lot of millennials uh, are doing right is uh taking that seriously putting a deadline to it getting help through like maybe getting a money coach or a financial counselor to kind of give them a plan and, you know, listen to podcasts and read blogs and and educating themselves. So that's, you know, why I'm so passionate about what I do is I get to kind of educate and promote financial literacy to people my age. And it's exciting to see them. Like I had no idea that personal finance was a thing and now I do. And now I feel more empowered about my situation because, you know, knowledge is power. The more, you know, the more you can better your situation. Let me add something to that list. Oh, they should also trade things on bonds and stop buying stuff mm-hmm. to save some money. Shameless plug. Not even shameless. Not even shameless. Not no, even. I, I agree. And that's why I'm a huge fan of buns. Like I, you know, I think Eli, I was uh, telling you uh, a while ago that how I kind of got to know buns was uh, my husband who works in the music industry. He has a lot of artist friends and they are all up in buns. Obviously this mm-hmm. is their jam because yeah. they don't have a, a lot of money, but they need to get certain things and maybe get rid of some things. So they trade, you know, instruments, gear, and it gets them to that next level. Cause they're like, Oh, if I only had this piece of gear, I'd be able to do 
this extra, you know, maybe some more engineering work or whatever like right. that. And they're able to do that. So yeah, definitely trade. I mean, it is, you know, it, it can be time consuming, but I think you get better at it the more yeah, you do it. Totally right. Do. Yeah. And you know, I'm starting to engage with more barter communities that are, that are popping up around uh, the country, North America, Rolling Stone just wrote an article about the barter communities of Portland. Mm. And so I was actually talking to one of them this afternoon about they do a thing called food swap, which is oh. basically with like people who make jams and breads and whatever. And they just and they set up um, basically they just have a, on the Facebook event. Somebody's like, I'm bringing six loaves of bread and I'd really love to get, you know, a bushel of tomatoes and these things. And people just and so that's it's actually a pretty quick event because they just show up and swap. Mm-hmm. But um, where was that when I was living on buns, man? I know. Right. That sounds nice. I needed it. <laughs> I finally traded away those comic books. Did you? That you gave me. Just nice. a quick aside. So <laughs> last a year ago, yeah. Koji lived over an entire month off buns, all meals, all clothes off, all everything. That's yeah. No, yeah. No, no money spent other than rent, obviously, or yeah. mortgage yeah. Ac- more accurately. But yeah. Uh, yeah, it was just totally all on buns. And uh, wow. Yeah. That actually, speaking of paying off student loans, that was a huge help. Was it that month? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Because I, I spent no money at all. Right. So wow. all the money that I was making working, we just went straight into my bank account and straight into the debt. So amazing. Yeah, was, Did you feel great. like that you could like continue that for longer or was like that time frame like that's I, all no, I can do? I could have done it. To be honest with you, as as, as I started to get the ball rolling, uh, I, like it was getting easier and easier. The problem is eventually, unless you're willing to trade services, which I right. which I did eventually, like, you know, like I was helping people with their computers and mm-hmm. some other tech stuff, uh, you probably run out of things to trade unless you're right. producing things like if right. you're growing maker, something yeah. or whatever. So it can be tough, but as a way to supplement one's uh, income to get, you know, say food or toilet paper, it's really good for fresh vegetables and stuff. People are always growing stuff and they have surplus. So Mm -hmm. it it was a huge help, I think. I think it's just a good experiment for people to do. Like, I think people are just so, and that's another thing, actually. I I recently did an event with my uh, friend and she's also a blogger and podcaster, Kate Flanders, and she's all about mindfulness with Mm -hmm. your money and how we're just so used to just like this, you know, unconscious consumption. Basically, we have no idea that we're spending this money, but we're doing it at such a rapid pace. And it's like, I feel like more of us should do these kind of experiments. Like, I'm just going to trade stuff for a month and see if I can do it. And then you'll realize how actually capable you are, or I'm going to put myself on a shopping ban. So I only spend, you know, this amount of money. It's just in cash. And once I'm out, then I have to make do. I think more people should practice that. Well, speaking of shopping, I, I have a quick question for you. Uh, you know, with online shopping being so easy, Amazon one click, and now they have those yeah. buttons you can just put in your house and stuff. How do you like suggest that people, because when I get bored, I'm at work, you know, I have nothing mm-hmm. to do. Sometimes I'll just flip on to Amazon or wherever, some online retailer and be like, oh, I kind of want that. Buy. But yeah. I didn't know I wanted it until I was there and I saw the picture. Yeah. How do, how do you suggest millennials avoid that sort of thing? Because I feel like that's probably a pretty common oh yeah you're just like oh you know instead of going to you know some blog to read or whatever you're like oh, i'll just like do some browsing online and it's so right. easy to because the more you do it the more you'll eventually you know put that item in your cart and then you know actually press the buy button right so i, th- I think part of it is just like a 
avoidance. So you need to kind of make some new habits. So stop that habit. Make sure they're not in your bookmarks so they're easy to get to. Um, you know, maybe limit your time on the internet. Maybe there, there's definitely, I'm sure, an app or some kind of software where you can block some of those danger zones. There definitely is. Yeah. Chrome but uh, yeah. like for my That's podcast a, a, a while ago, I, I uh, interviewed um, this guy who basically had an Amazon Prime addiction and he spent like, I, I can't remember the number, but it was in the thousands of dollars on just like, he thought he was just like, oh, I just bought a few things. And then he actually looked at the number. He's like, holy crap. I spent like 30 grand on crap that I do not need. And, and now he's all about minimalism. And so that's another thing that I think a lot more people should just like learn about and kind of embrace a little bit. It's just like, you don't need stuff. And most of that stuff doesn't actually align with like your values. And you're just, you spend so much time working and earning money. Like you need to really pay attention to where those dollars are going. And so in the, in that spirit or in that sort of framework, should we be investing? Like, are things Hell like... Oh, yeah, we should be investing. So, okay, so, okay, let's talk about that for a sec. So, like, w- there's all these, like, you know, I'm sort of inundated with wealth symbol ads, for example. Yeah, yeah, what are they all over. Ro- they got robo some good investor. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And I just saw a hip-looking fella walking down the street yesterday wearing a wealth symbol shirt, and I was like, are you paid to wear that? Like, I guarantee. I it was sort of like... Or he, probably, he probably got an you're event. You're appealing to me right now. He um, works there, maybe. Who knows? He probably works maybe. there. He probably got it for free at an Where event. It happens. That's yeah, true. yeah. But it, but it's part of the branding, right? Like it's like I had know, right? logo, it's and good. then I saw, and then my, Hassan Minaj was on an ad this morning uh-huh. that I saw on Facebook. Yeah, yeah. So like, if I have maybe ten dollars a month, mm-hmm. twenty dollars a month to contribute, is that does that is that something that's even worth? setting aside like yeah, how I mean, does that yeah, de- work yeah depending on how you want to go about investing lots of those platforms have a, a minimum of what you can start with um i think with wilson i'm not sure if there is a minimum but with other robo advisors sometimes it's like a thousand dollars or five thousand dollars um i know with you know tangerine which is similar to a robo advisor because it's all online and they have a uh, index fund portfolios that you can uh, invest in i don't think there's a minimum but i could be wrong just check on their website um but no i think that is again yeah another thing that millennials don't think about they think when they i think relate investing they relate it to like their parents or oh when i'm older when totally. i have like a lot of money then i'll you know invest which is like the worst thing you could do you don't want to just like i'm just gonna save like fifty thousand dollars in cash and then start investing no you shouldn't do that that's dumb you should invest as soon as possible because the sooner you do it the larger that amount of money will grow and now and and for me i'm personally I really like, you know, index funds and exchange traded funds, also known as ETFs uh, for investing because, and there's a lot of great platforms, like you mentioned, Wealthsymbol, that's RoboAdvisor. There's a lot of great uh, other RoboAdvisors in Canada that uh, you, especially as a millennial, can easily start investing within minutes, all online, never have to talk to a person, maybe, you know, for a few minutes on the phone, just to make sure you're invested in what you should be. But it's so simple. And lots of those, uh, you know, kind of platforms are all about not beating the market, just matching the market, which is a very, you know, kind of smart strategy to do there's lots of books that talk about that and uh it's just like a really easy way to get in there it's not you know intimidating and also like the biggest benefit is they have really low fees compared to your typical mutual fund at you know kind of a bigger bank and that's most people are like oh what's the who cares if i'm paying two percent or 0.5 percent it's like that's literally it could be like hundreds of thousands of dollars in the long run so right. pay attention and so when you, I'm thinking about things like mutual funds, I remember my, my mom dragging me to my, the bank when I was going to graduate university and had me put money in uh, to like ethical funds. Like mm-hmm. obviously like 
if you are on buns and you've got sort of the buns ethos, you're you're thinking about the environment, you're thinking about ethics, mm-hmm. you're thinking about just do those uh, robo investors or whatever, do they dip into that? Some world? of them do. Yeah. Some of them do. I know Wellsumba actually does have um, some like a kind of environmentally friendly or green kind of portfolio there. I think there probably are some others with uh, other robo advisors. Another kind of suggestion and this just kind of top of mind because I interviewed him for my uh, podcast was um, there's a guy, Tim Nash, who he calls himself the sustainable economist, but he has a blog, but he's also an investment coach, but he's all about um, like sustainable and environmentally friendly and green and, and just like, you know, non-evil ways of investing or whatever. So he actually has um, some model portfolios on his website. And what that means is basically, you know, if you want to do something a little bit more DIY, uh, again, that's cheaper in fees. So you don't want to go with a robo-advisor, just go with a, a discount brokerage like Questrade or something like or virtual brokers or something like that. Yeah. Do it DIY style. So you just do it all yourself. He has kind of examples of what you should invest in. And lots of them are kind of more of the, you know, ethical, sustainable variety. And if I want to invest in guns and drugs and just make a bunch of money, how do I go about doing that? Well, let's Ooh. just take about the guns part. Should we be <laughs> investing in weed? I mean, <laughs> can be. I'll be honest. I think my husband just did. He bought some uh, weed ETFs and they've been doing okay. Yeah. Um, I mean, again, that's just like personal preference. If that is something you believe in, but I'm not speculating. Like, I don't know. It's very speculative. Like you, right. we don't yeah. know how it's going to go. So if you want to do that, just, you could, you know, make a lot of money. You could lose all your money. So just uh, know what you're doing. I was hear- hearing about Aurora. Yeah, they're, they're so Aurora and and uh, Canopy are the two two big ones. So Aurora's about to open the world's largest green grow house mm-hmm. outside of Edmonton. Yeah, eight hundred thousand square feet. Wow, they're going to produce two hundred pounds a day. Damn, a day. <clears throat> okay, got to get on that train. <laughs> Aurora dot com is. I don't even know if that's the. <laughs> I'm just like I'm promising. I'm not shilling for them. I feel like we're um, in the wrong business. But let's dial back for one sec about green stuff. So one of the shows on the Buns Podcast Network is called Twenty Eighty Four, and um, we do live recordings. And we record from a place called Co Power. Oh yeah, yeah, I know those guys. Green Bonds. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Do you want to talk a little bit about that? Sure. Yeah, I actually got to know them. Um, I went to, what was it called? I think it was called the Sustainable Investing Fair. Also, I think Tim Nash organized it. And there was a bunch of different booths. Uh, and Copower had one of them. There's a bunch of other kind of, you know, uh, booths with uh, companies or organizations that are like green bonds and stuff like that. I think it's a really cool idea. And especially if you are, you want to invest and you want to make sure that it aligns with your personal values. You're like, I want to, yeah, make money off my money, but do it in an ethical way. I think that's cool. Because I know, yeah, their green bonds are basically, uh, they're investing in uh, solar panels, right? I think that's mm-hmm. what they're uh, Yeah, is. they've got a few different projects. Yeah, like, yeah, 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 yeah. So I think it's a really neat idea, personally. So, yeah, like that's the thing. You don't just have to. And, and I think that's another thing that we as investors, especially young investors, because we really do want to know what we're getting ourselves into, even with lots of those robo advisors, like look at what's specifically in those portfolios and dig deep in what those like ETFs are, because you may see that there's something like, wait a minute, that's an evil corporation I don't want to give my money to. Mm-hmm. So I think it's really important to do your research before you give your money to anything. And uh, maybe you're, would you like, take this opportunity to plug your <clears throat> plug your blogs again just by name and .com? Just. Oh, yeah. So my blog is uh, jessicamorehouse.com. Easy to find me, jessicamorehouse.com. And uh, my podcast is called The Mo Money Podcast. You can find me on iTunes, SoundCloud, YouTube, everywhere. Beautiful. 
you have a couple questions that you usually conclude these with, right? About bonus trades. Yeah. Well, are you, you're not, you said you're an active buns user. Uh, like I'm or on semi, semi I'd yeah. say like I'm all over the Facebook groups for sure. Cause I sure. love like, just like seeing what people are up to in the city. Have, like, have you I made a trade obsessed. yet? No, no, I'm too. I'm a little scared. My husband's made um, some trades. And yeah, we, we have did lots a trade. of trades. We did a trade just now. We did podcast services. Trades. Okay, service well, trades. I guess if we're talking I services for yours. sure. I've done tons yeah. of like buns service trades, and I like giving you know helpful tips. I like, and I'm this is super nerdy, but I love being um, part of some of the Facebook groups just to see, especially when someone has like a personal finance question. I'll be like, oh hey, yeah. <laughs> well, nice. I, saw, I saw, and actually, I, I really loved. Like, I I just admittedly i joined today but i saw, found your facebook group oh yeah i know got, i saw yeah. I, I, pr- I approved you to enter my you group did. <laughs> on the way over um but i immediately but i started coming through it and i really it the some of the community stuff really resonated with me like people that are other members are jumping in to help i and, know that's what i love isn't it amazing and people have good advice whereas i, I feel like and feel free to cut this out but i feel like all <laughs> people have bad advice some people do have misinformed yeah. yes they're misinformed. misinformed and that's kind of the tricky thing when you know freedom of speech and everything but i mean sometimes i mean especially if you're giving someone like kind of financial-esque advice it's mm-hmm. like sometimes there is like a right answer and a wrong answer okay. and when i see a wrong answer i'm like oh my god don't do that <laughs> please don't please, <laughs> please don't. don't please don't do that <laughs> yeah, qualified both don't yeah <laughs> Um, well, thank you for your time and thank you for coming in. You're welcome. This is fun. And uh, we'll see you on the internet. Yep. I'll All be right, there. guys. Thanks. this week comes to me from Leonidas Music. Uh, Toronto's, well, the email address is Leonidas Music. The band is Leonidas. Toronto's Leonidas formed in 2004, but their sound and origins reach back to indie rock of the 90s. Uh, They are obsessives who distill their Matador, Merge, and Drag City record collections into their own brand of tuneful guitar rock they've been writing performing and recording music since 2004 and in 2009 released their debut self-titled ep in 2016 they followed that up with their full length your reign is over here is a song called city on a hill by leonidas if you like it fucking check it out all right here we go guys (laughs) 